Hey everybody, welcome to episode 359. I'm really excited to have my friend Demi back on. And it is a little bit of contentious, but I actually think it's really good for us to talk about things and not just always accept how a teacher or somebody in a book presented something to us. So Demi's going to challenge us a little bit about some of the stuff that um, frustrated him as he was learning graphic design and as he's continued to learn and he's really um, gone into this, he has a presentation for us and it's really about branding and how branding and, and the whole way we do design and it's not super clear that maybe it's too um, subjective still. Yeah, basically, like, it, it was a big, a, a bit of a clickbait, uh, you know, the title and all that. It's, it's, it's the, the, the way we approach branding that has been a major challenge for me. I, I think this is, this is what I, I want to touch upon. And lately, I've been thinking a lot about how, how we can make it clearer, simpler, more tangible, more repeatable even uh, at some point and, um, you know, more accurate. So, so give them just a little bit of your background, just in case somebody's new and they don't know you. Okay. So you're so from my, Greece. I'm from Greece originally. I've been living in London for the last five years now. I've been a designer since, I don't know, probably around 2008. I started dabbling uh, with things and I studied, uh, I finished my studies in, in graphic design in 2014. So I'll I'll go more into uh, more into detail uh, about this actually as my presentation starts. So I think I can just get okay. Well, let's go. I started studying mathematics around 2004, and I had no idea I was going to to become a graphic designer at some point. So basically, I found this really cool map of mathematics that uh, Dominic Wolleman had made. Um, it's really cool. So. This is this is easier for me to to explain. So basically, you know, uh, mathematics sort of started in this golden uh, golden spot in here. And on the left, with the purple colors, you have pure mathematics. On the right, with the blue colors, you have applied mathematics. So I was going um, in my studies. I was going northwest uh, as it went. Like I, I started working with uh, number theory and then infinity prime numbers. Uh, and eventually uh, set theory and mathematical logic and uh, foundations of mathematics. So um, I pretty much focused, focused my studies in mathematical logic, what we call propositional calculus. This, was, um, this guy was one of my major inspirations, Georg Cantor, and his, his main contribution to mathematics is, is what we call logic, the idea that you know, if I walk towards a cliff, I will fall. Like that's that's the main uh, idea. So quantifying this and putting this into uh, mathematical notation was his big contribution. Computers now work just uh, just this way. The main challenge, though, was the fact that while I was there, um, there was this idea that there's there's nothing more to be explored in in that part of the of the map, like this was uh, the end of the world, nothing to see. Well, you know, there are very, very exciting uh, new stuff in applied mathematics, you know, fairly nerdy, but okay things in, in chaos theory and other dynamical systems. But where I, I wanted to focus, like everybody in school told me, you know, this has been out of fashion for, for a long time now. So that made me lose my interest in, 
in becoming a mathematician, really, because that, that felt really, really depressing. So eventually finding out that I didn't have the stomach to sort of, you know, push myself through the other courses of other fields of mathematics that I wasn't really interested in sort of made me think, okay, if I'm not going to pursue this, what, what should I be doing? And it was a time where I had started experimenting with Photoshop and Illustrator and all the software, basically. And I was, I was picking up books and magazines and I thought, okay, this, this might be worth becoming a career. So I was self-taught for, for most of the time. And the main, the main problem I had was that I'll return to the mathematics bit, bit because it's important. So the, the main challenge that I had as a self-taught person is I, I knew how to design, but I didn't know what to design. And that was, that was one of my big problems. So, for example, like I've seen many tutorials on you know, how to design a Christmas card, but most of them go about the steps where how to design a specific Christmas card in a specific piece of software. Like they tell you which gradient to use or, you know, apply block shadow here, but they don't really tell you, like, does it, does it have to have a Santa? Does it have to have a snowman? Like what's, what's the appropriate thing? Like how can we make this work? So I went to design school actually in order to, to solve this question. And I like, you know, after I finished my degree, like I had solved nothing. Most of my professors had this idea, like you can include anything you want. Like it's just a matter of perspective. If you want to make a Christmas card with dinosaurs, like it's fine. So you'll, you'll find a way to make it appropriate. And I get the sentiment. I really do. And in my soul, I can, I can understand why this is, this is a valid proposition. But that, was, that started challenging me a lot. Like, how could I be producing the effects that I wanted? What do you have to do in order to make a dinosaur Christmas card? Uh, like, what are the things that you need to combine? So the, the way that it happened most of the time was the, I'll know when I see it. And this is... Totally. This and this is what gets us with clients too, right? Well, right, I'll know right. when I see it. So I get the frustration and I've been there, but I also have been on the other side as a teacher. And, and But I've never said that I know well I, when I see it. I also say, well, you just got to keep trying. You'll know when you see it, when you feel like it's, what, it's right. But I try to make them analyze and why, 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 asking them why. Okay, keep going. I was just no, laughing. No, 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 no. Uh, share that. Th that's really important. Like, even if you say to other people, you'll know when you see. Well, that doesn't make it easier. That doesn't work much. And since then, I've been, I've been working on logo design and branding design. And we do the same. Like, we, we'll know when we see it. And I, I spoke to many people last year about their method. And most of them do something like this. When they, when they have to design something, they start doing sketches until they see it. That's the challenge. So my biggest peeve with this is that when I was in uni, this was called experimentation. And I'm pretty sure that many people relate to this word. As a former mathematician, the word experimentation is not that. Like, this is trial and error. So experimentation has to be proving or disproving a theory that you have. This is why you experiment. You know what you expect from the experiment. There's there is success and failure. There's no 
I'll know when I see it. Like you expect something, you, you, you have a hypothesis, you know, this, this is going to happen if I do this. And then it, does, it, it either confirms or, or not, and you have to change either the parameters of the experiment or your model. But experiments bring us closer to the truth. Well, with this, this thing we've been following, we don't get clarity afterwards. Like it just happened. Like if, if it doesn't happen, I'll have to make it a thousand times until it happens, but I have no idea why 999 of the times didn't work. So it's always in my mind, like how can we put this in a more concrete way? And this is, I see many, I, I don't see the comments because I'm sharing my screen. So if, if something important comes. Um, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm your DJ. I got gotcha. you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm Jose just, saying, totally yeah. agrees. It's one of the worst sentences that could get and it doesn't work. I'll know when I see it. It's like you'll know what it feels like when a bus hits you. Yeah, I don't want a bus to hit me. Can you tell me the things to do so that I don't get a bus to hit me or something, right? So I think that most most people are are agreeing with I mean nobody's not agreeing with you and Jose's like haha millions of sketches later and then I was just saying hey to people because I just like to say hey when they come so keep going yeah that's cool uh, so basically th that has been bothering me since you know, since I finished my studies in 2014 uh, it's been six years I was really puzzled by this and lots of lots of approaches have allowed me to be slightly more deliberate like uh, understanding the, the customer, the client, the audience, it sort of helps. But even if you have absolute clarity, if, even if you're designing for yourself, you're not really sure you have to experience. Like when you design your own logo or when, when you do stuff for you, you still have absolute clarity of the, the market, but you have no idea how to approach this. So I've started thinking, okay, how do other people solve this problem? So I have been working lots with, with uh, food-related businesses lately, and uh, this connection has allowed me to, to see some things. So when, when you want to make a dessert, like there are certain, like you're going to approach it by adding sweet things on it. And there are many sweet things out there that they look nothing like each other. They, have, they don't have the same texture, they don't have the same color, they don't have the same temperature. They don't look nothing alike, but there is something that they have in common is the fact that they're sweet. So when we started trying to find out what happens inside them, like what is the, what they're actually made of, like chemistry gives us, gave us the answer. Like they all have sugars inside and you can't really see sugar inside a strawberry, but there, it, it is there. And basically, chemistry allows us to understand that, you know, if, if it has roughly this form, then it's going to taste sweet. And this is so exciting, like finding out, you know, the, the internal consistency of something, what it is made of can show you, can, can allow you to, um, to understand how to use it and be deliberate. And so chemistry has allowed us to, to make, uh, you know, the periodic table of, you know, the different ingredients a different, uh, a different material can have. And now we understand it more and we can actually harness it in creating all new sorts of stuff. That's the thing. We can be deliberate. 
So like when, when we find, found out about the structure of the atom, like 200 years later, we have computers and electricity and information exchange. Or when we found out there are specific blood types, uh, things inside your blood that make it to be one way or another, we could start helping people in medicine. So I started thinking like, what is a brand made of? Like what is the, the ingredients that you know a specific brand might have so i have in this case for example um, uh, an example brand like jackson's pharmacy um, located in new york so this is this is one of the fundamental things like its name and there's probably a few decisions that the the, the founder has made that are tied to, to the brand. So um, the fact that it is a pharmacy tells us something about it. And the fact that it's located in New York tells us something about it. And the fact that, uh, you know, the main language is English tells us something about it. So there are certain things that, uh, these can all be provisional, things might change, but the idea is that with the inception of a brand, there are certain ingredients that the founder, yes. What do you mean provisional? Provisional means that they can change, like they can decide to change the name, or they can decide to, to open a store in um, you know, Los Angeles. Like these are mutable. These are just, so when, when you deliberate about starting something, when, when you're working on something, you, you still have to put, some, to put some pins on the board, even though like you can change them later. That's, that's provisional. So then the founder will probably you know, go to a professional, there will be more choices that they can work together uh, on like a logo or, you know, signage or even, uh, even non-visual things like the values or how they treat their customers. Like all of these ideas, all of these things, they are ingredients of a brand and they, they work roughly in an equivalent, equivalent way. So it's there, funny, wait just a yeah. second, about customer service yeah. and about, well, say customer service. I think there's actually things that people can do that are agreed upon that make good customer service and that are agreed upon that make bad customer service. And I guess that's kind of what you're trying to make us do is it's some sort of agreed upon things, right? Well, well, the, the agreed upon things are not necessarily universal first of all so um you know in greece and even further east even more like um uh, bargaining is uh, haggling is some sort of necessary form of customer service while you know there, there are different customs and ideas my main my main point here is that they're all part of the same whole and as as you release the brand in the world and it's handled by people uh you can you can add more things like you can you can appropriate or absorb uh specific specific things that work with the brand and you can even sort of disconnect and remove things that that are not representing the the, the values of the brand like you can if when you change your logo you're shedding the old symbolism and, and and you put in the new so all of these are all of this feels to me very much like a living thing like a a molecule pretty similar to to life and they have like the same the same 
capabilities as genes, like you have inheritance, you can compete for certain things, you can change or you can add more things. Like these are, these are quite interesting, the fact that there are parallels between the molecules and, and friends. So the question is, what are these dots? What are these basic elements of the brands? Uh, so, so here I take one and there are, I, can, I can really see that if you zoom in, there are even simpler things that actually work in, in the same way. So if you have a pharmacy icon, it's probably going to have a mortar icon or a cross. It's going to be green of some sort, like they're arranged in a specific way. Uh, uh, there can be a typeface. Like these are all, like every single one of these, and even like you can zoom in indefinitely, sort of analyze and analyze and analyze until you have very rudimentary and basic and simple items in there, like simple things. And so in trying to understand what these things are, so am I, am I going too fast? Like I said that green pharmacy, I think the cross is a European thing. The mortar we use in yeah. America, we can have it any color. I don't think, but like when I went to Italy, there was a whole bunch of green crosses. Oh, we have green crosses in, in Greece. Like they're, they're very, um, uh, they're very prominent. Uh, so Chris in, says in Portland, green crosses are pot shops. So like cannabis. Okay. <laughs> okay it's, it's not legal in Europe yet. So uh, perhaps that's, that's the situation. <laughs> Wait, wait, Michael says green equals that kind of pharmacy. I just okay, okay. Okay. Oh, anyway, okay. But, it, but we still get it. We get the idea. I just wanted to make sure context. Again, it has to do with, like you were saying, New York uh, and English. You know, it may be a different part in New York City, and that was not a – English wasn't the main – I mean, there's all kinds of things that where you – it all has – but this is what we're talking about. Keep going. So trying to understand what these – the most fundamental of these things were, I, I came up to, to these two people, so Annika and Sam Harris. Um, they're both neuroscientists. They've written about consciousness in general, like what happens to us, to our minds while we're away. Not our brains, not the chemistry so much, but the, the, the experience that we have uh, while we're alive. And they found like five things that happen in our consciousness uh, so sensory is just everything, everything that comes in through the senses, like uh, what we see, what we smell, what, you know, if we feel uh, hot or cold, um, tremors or whatever. So memories are things that we can conjure from the past, but it's, they're mostly based on sensory experience. So feelings, there are certain things like not, so feeling hot, for example, is a sensory thing, but you can feel angry or, you know, joyful or serene or, uh, asleep or whatever uh there's reasoning and that's the most exciting one like um if i walk towards a cliff i will fall like you can make a mental image of the cliff you can make a mental image of yourself and you can see what's going to happen and we do this all the time like we we go towards a door with the intent of opening the door we sort of visualize it and then fantasy is an extreme form of reasoning where we we put non-realistic uh, situations in our minds, like what would happen if I had wings or, you know, things like that. And um, we can construe scenarios out of this. And we, this is how we make stories. So all of these are things that happen in our minds at any time. Like the, the, uh, they happen hundreds and thousands of times 
every second in our minds. So I decided that the, the simplest of these, they just trigger, like the, the simple of the elements that I described before, they just trigger one of these things. And I call these triggers semions, which is like in, in, in Greek, the word simio is basically the word for sign. Uh, I'm just using a different word because uh, English has this convoluted term of, you know, a sign being, you know, a signpost or it can be, it can relate to, to the form of the sign. So I want to be absolutely clear that when I say semion, I mean the trigger to our consciousness. Then I started finding out, okay, how do we study these things? Like how do we study the sort of effects that these triggers have to our minds? And this already existed. Uh, and I hadn't been taught too much of semiology in school, but basically, um, it was a discipline that, um, you know, happened to the world about a hundred years ago. A few people started thinking about this. The most important was Ferdinand de Saussure, and he's, he's a linguist. For him, signs are an extension, an organizing concept of language. Uh, so he has this idea that, you know, you have, you have the word dog and you have the concept dog and they're related. So the signifier is is the word and the signified is the concept that it relates to. But still, like this is most of them, the work that we've done in linguistics was, was by him and, and, and his, his branch of uh, semiotics and it has a big focus on language. Um, most of the people related to this are linguists and philosophers and they all wrote books, which is really easy way to spread information. Uh, and I, I say this because, because there is another branch more I know I'll go to it later. So deliberate, like it didn't go far as an idea because it was mostly analyzing how we use language, but it didn't try to classify, didn't try to, um, to sort of manipulate, didn't try to do things with it. There was just, just an idea that all languages follow this sort of pattern, like they, they have words that mean stuff. But there was another person, uh, Charles Sander Peirce, uh, who was American, and he, he lived at around the, the same time, and he was, he was a mathematician, and he thought of semiotics. So this is, this is where it gets where it gets connected to the things I was doing in uni. So I showed you this guy that was all about proposition and mathematical logic. And Peirce had the idea that there is one level above these things um, because propositions and logic are reasoning, basically. So there is an overlapping thing that, has, that contains other forms of communication more than reasoning. And he called these semiotics and basically the equivalent of, you know, the propositions were the signs. So here I'm probably losing a few people. Do we have any questions? No, not yet. Okay. But they're saying it's fascinating. Kevin just had to go to a client call, but he's okay. going to catch it when it's, he said it's fascinating. So keep going, Demi, we're with you. So now 
I know that there, there was something in the far edge of the map and, you know, mathematicians didn't really care about this, but as a designer, I find it fascinating. So I can see why people would point me academically towards the East, but this far West thing like this spoke to, to my soul, basically. And the, the cool thing is I could understand it, like semiotics as, as a fundamental form of communication, like uh, as a fundamental science of communication. And there are other things that um, Peirce uh, stipulated that that makes sense, like nonverbal symbols. So when you see, for example, you know a, a dog showing showing their, the the dog's teeth, like you, you feel scared, or even passive communication, like if you if you hear thunder far away, you have a sensory image, and then you have a memory that this is thunder, and that creates things to you as well. And even animals use them. So the problem with this guy, and the reason he was fairly, fairly unknown is that he didn't write any books. He just contributed in articles, three, four pages at a time. He wrote about 10,000 pages that were really spread far apart. Nobody cared. Then the war happened. He died. Like there's all these sort of reasons. And most of his work was mathematically oriented. So most philosophers and linguists, and to be frank, graphic designers don't really, they don't have the background to see how this is valuable to them right here, right now. This guy actually did the footwork and he, he created the classes, the, the classes of, uh, of, of what we're talking about. And he started taking up a, a sort of a periodic table of, of signs in, in some form. And there, there's one of his, um, yeah, one of the professors now in Sao Paulo, Brazil, that has expanded on this idea and he's made the periodic table of 66 classes of signs. So uh, it actually, th this idea has legs, but nobody has thought to, to put it in, in visual design. So now that we know these things, we can, we can start seeing how this can apply to us. So we can redefine the brand as a set of all the semions connected to an entity. So this is like, this looks very simplistic and looks very self-evident, but actually I, I would wager, and this is one of the contentious points, like Martin Neumeier has a definition for branding that is tied to reputation is brand is uh, what others think of your brand. And I think that this is, well, it's kind of true, but it doesn't encompass everything because we're actually doing branding before we release a brand to the public or even to the client. Like when, when you're sitting down and you're putting things together and, and you're doing the planning, you're doing something what you're building is, is a brand. It's, it's, in, you know, it's, it's an embryo of a brand, but it's still a brand. So I think that this is a very elegant, clear definition that can stop all the challenging points of, of all these definitions that rely on humans uh, to, to interpret. On the same time, like branding, absorbing, removing, creating, or mutating semions of a brand to achieve a specific result. So basically, you know, when, when you work on this brand, when you work on these semions in some way or another, you're doing branding. This allows us to understand what we're doing in a more deliberate way. This, this makes us 
tinker with stuff now. The next steps of this idea, because there are, there are things to be done in semiotics and doesn't have clear answers yet. So there are three branches of semiotics right now that they do different things. Um, the first is speculative grammar, which is we need to find the types, like we need to map the types of symbols and signs and semions in culture. Like we need to, we need to finish with a periodic table. We need to understand what we're working with. Critical logic is understanding and finding the truth of, of these connections. Yes, please. So can we ever really finish though the periodic table? Because we're always maybe coming up with new things. So it's going to be ever growing, but we need to build the, the stuff that exists now. Well, I think the types of things and things are a different mm. idea. So the first of all is understand the types of things. Like we're not really sure. And even if we don't ever finish, like we know, for example, right now in nature, we have 98 elements and we have 118 uh, if, if we include the man-made ones. And everything from stars to hearts to, um, you know, to video games, they're all made of these things. And there are just 118 of them. And it's a very small number compared to the size of the universe. I see, but, I see what you're saying. But we need to classify them and perhaps, well, at least we have to try, right? Like we have to, we have to try to understand. And in all forms of science, our knowledge is incomplete. But as long as we, we approach it in, within an experimental way, and this is where experiments uh, come handy. So an experiment might prove or disprove what we're doing and if our theory so far is right. So as long as we try to evolve the model, we're fine. So the second part is what I'm working on lately um, is discovering the truth of symbolic representations, basically mapping out and understanding if heat and the sun are actually connected as, as semions, as, as units of meaning, like, uh, or, you know, red and the sun and heat or, Mapping all this is, is also a thing that we need to do. And the third thing is uh, speculative rhetoric. The, the names are not mine, are from Charles Sander Peirce. Is the study of the effects of semions to the audience, to us. This is, this is actually handled right now by user experience and psychology and people doing these sorts of things. Um, but just because we don't have a model, it's, we have a very backwards way of, of doing this research is we do first and we study the effects rather than, you know, making an assumption and, and, and seeing if this is correct. Do we have any questions? Because I, I want to move to show you what I'm doing with so, critical logic. Um, right Jose, it's not a question. Jose says, mm -hmm. Demi, I see where you're going. A definition based on the atoms that form the brand. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah, that's exactly it. Wait, wait, so, Paul has something. Yeah. Um, Paul says discrete. Now, Paul's a physicist, so he and you get along well. Yeah. So discrete. I mean, he's also a book builder. He loves he's a designer people. I know, Paul. I know you do. Okay, but they might not remember Paul. Anyway, here we go. Discrete units, which are the most fundamental expressions of the brand. I also right. think about it like James Victoria. You know, he has... Um, 
something that he's showing, but then he puts something else com- with it, and then it has a different communication. It, it communicates something else because of the two things combined. I just mm-hmm. think that this is really fascinating to me. I don't know if you guys are liking it, but you could give Demi some thumbs up or um, tell him over there in the chat, and then I'll tell him because this is kind of putting yourself out there. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. Like, I'm, again, I'm terrified about this. Like, I could be, you know, making a fool of myself. But this is, this is where I'm going with it. Uh, I've started working on this whole critical logic thing and started mapping out. I've made this, this map. Yes, please. Patricia has a question. So Patricia yes. says, and thank you, Patricia, for asking. Will you expand on the idea that brand is what others think of your organization? So we're taught to say that that like it's a mantra, something designers do not question. Do you have another model? And she says, I'm trying to follow. Okay, so I need I need to understand. Is the question if I if you have a different different approach? So it's kind of like, okay, so Marty Neumeyer has taught many people that a brand is its reputation, which again, that does, it's one huge thing, but then what are we creating before? So if, if it's a wedding cake, but you're making it before the wedding, is it still a wedding cake because it's not at the wedding? I guess, I don't know if that's a good example or not, but I think it is. I don't know if that helps Patricia or not. Uh, is Patricia aware of the definition by Marty? Because if she has never heard of this this maxim, I uh, think she is. I think she says um, she says that we're taught to say that like it's a mantra, like oh, right, you right, right. brand is what others think of your organization. And so I think that she gets that part, and it's it's something that designers don't question, which I get. But then, what do you call what we've done before? we release it out. We're still calling it branding. We're still calling it a building a brand, but there is no reputation connected to it. There is no wedding. The wedding could dissolve. They could not actually get married, but the cake is made. Is it still a wedding cake then? Is it, do you know what I mean? Or is it just a cake now? But you were calling it a wedding. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe that's confusing. So um, Patricia, she said, there is something before. Hmm. Okay, keep going. Okay, so what I've been trying to do is, this is a very complex thing, but I'm actually making uh, a map of things that are connected. So uh, you can visit this on my website and, and, and have a look. Basically, you can, you can scroll to zoom out and you can see how big this thing is. And this is actually just 10% of my research so far. So if you go in, you can see uh, you can click on something and see all all the ideas that are connected with each other. So I base these on on anthropological, cultural, and uh, semiotics research books that I find. Uh, so I, I've discussed this with Paul. Actually, this is very anecdotal. Like this is so biased by the sources that I have. Uh, but I, I still think uh, it needs to be done, at least for me. So I, I don't claim that this is truth, but this is this is a way for me to map this uh, to make sense in, in my journey. And I can expand a little bit on, on how this works. The most important thing with this is, like, these are actually movable. Like, this has physics. Like, all these white white lines that you see they work like strings like uh, elastic bands so basically the further that the more connected two things are the stronger the elastic band 
and the closer it pulls several things together. So my idea is that the stronger ideas are going to clump in the middle because they're going to be more fundamental than the original ones. And this is actually, we can sort of see this happening like, oh, come on. Like in, there are, there are certain things like it, it's more sparse at the edges as, as you watch this. So this, this already sort of gives us an idea. It's becoming so unwieldy right now, but you can see certain bright spots in many places. That means that these are fire or gold. You know, there are several, several things at the mountain, like there are more uh, prevalent as symbols. So this is, I'm actually working on expanding this and it's going to be about 10 times bigger than this or 20 times bigger than this. And my, my next process is to make it searchable. So it feels sort of like a, a Wikipedia for, for symbols. So I think this can sort of help us be more deliberate when we build brands because we can have a visual representation of, of all the things like you will find New York in this and you will find farmers in this and it's going to be already pre-connected with lots lots of things and there is definitely as humanity expands and as we create stuff there's going to be more and more things represented in here but I, I just decided to start mapping it out, even though like it's never going to finish in my lifetime. You stopped or you said you decided to start? No, no, no. I decided to start, even though I know start. it's not going to be finished in, in a thousand years. Uh, it's still, still good to have something rather than just go blind. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is pretty much everything that I've done. This is my idea and this is what I, I have to propose to people to just sort of start thinking things in a different, uh, more deliberate approach. And perhaps all of this is bound to change in even a few months, but uh, it's, it's worth asking this, basically. I'm just trying to write down this map of symbolism so that I can send them to this symbolonbranding.co.uk slash map hyphen of hyphen symbolism. And yes. it will be in the chat in underneath if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so um, I don't know if uh, Patricia is clear or not. Um, I don't know if anybody else is, is, has some questions. Um, if anybody does, this is a great time to like, to ask, because again, I think I'm really proud of Demi just coming because it can be um, controversial because it is, you know, it is that the thing that we always hate is that I'll know it when I see it. Right. Um, that we have something that's basic. So if we have mm -hmm. chocolate, we have flour, we have sugar, and we have eggs, there's lots of things we can make. It depends on how much of those things we put in. It depends on um, the time, what the form they're cooked in, how they're cooked, if they're cooked on a fire or if they're cooked in a microwave, right? So Van says, wait, so I just wanna read this. So she says to Patricia, which you guys are about in the same city, just so you know. Demi is proposing a more encompassing definition of brand, expanding upon Marty's point of view. It's not simply just what people see and believe that allows reputation, but also the elements that go into branding and the essence of a brand. So I also think it has to, to me, it's, it's creating these units that we can use as designers to make 
it's like proving it as a case. Like A plus B equals C. This is how, or two plus two equals four. So it's kind of creating some, some sort of, um, maybe this is where I thought about the agreed upon thing. The main thing that I, I want to I want to stand in here is I'm actually suggesting a definition that definitely fits what Mart is suggesting. But the idea is that I'm basing this on the constituent parts rather than reflections in other people's mirrors. Like we, I, I, that's that's my basis. Like understand, like because reputation is more things than branding. Like not everything that others think of you is a brand. Like not everything. Like a brand has to be tied to, um, to an entity. If everybody died, there would still be brands. Like it's, it's, um, it's a definition that allows us to work with it, to do things because, and that's my, my biggest problem. Uh, if branding is what others think of you or your organization, how is this, how can you work with this? Like if- Cause it can't exist until the people know it. And then how like can even, you- even, even, even if it does, like how do you control this? You how can't, you, right? right? That's the thing, but you can, you can be very deliberate. And again, this is a living thing. So the, the exposure to environment is going to change it in ways that you don't want to. But if, if, if you rely on, on a definition that includes the constituent parts, and reputation is a constituent part, if you rely on a definition like this, then you can do stuff. Like you can prod things and remove things and, and, and try to approach. Like if, if your brand has a bad reputation because of something, you can try to remove the something. Mm. Uh, with, with Marty's definition, you're done. If you have a bad reputation. Ah, you can't change it. Right? There's, there's no actionable things that you can do. Okay, so Rhonda has a comment. What components to use to create an identity based on a universal concept of symbolism as a physical entity? I, I will have to ask for clarification with this, what you mean as a physical entity. Uh, there are certain, certain ideas that I have that I, I, I wasn't sure that we would have time for, so I didn't include in my presentation. The idea is that us people share semions we have commonality between them. Like uh, many of these, like most of these are shared. Uh, so when we, we say something is universal, that means that a single semion needs to be shared by everybody. And this doesn't, doesn't really exist uh, right now. I don't know if we're going towards, I, I, I don't know if we're ever going to do this, even uh, no matter how connected the culture is. So I'm not really sure, like, uh, but we can, we can see as, as, you know, the audience being a, a constellation of these semions and we're trying to attach our brand to fit the specific place in the world that we wanted to. And this is, this is where it gets, you know, more, even more deliberate and we're doing something quite specific. We can, we, we need to tie the, the brand to the audience, but basically we need to tie the brand semions to the audience's semions. 
Right. It has to do with culture. You can't completely, uh, um, just like the green pharmacy, right? Like in America, we don't really, well, I guess we do in uh, Portland. Uh, It's the cannabis pharmacy, that kind of pharmacy, Michael (laughs) Fonville says from Houston. But but we don't we don't see that in the same way. So, but because it is very prevalent in in Europe, the green mm. um, it's like our Red Cross. Yeah. You know, we have that, but we do use the mortar and mm-hmm. uh, pestle or I don't know, that little stick thing that yep. they mash it up with. Um, but we use that, and we it is a symbol, or it's a big R with an X because uh, that's the symbol for us for prescriptions. I don't know mm-hmm. if y'all use that. Do you use? No, that? we don't have this. No. Okay, no. or like um, the medical, there's a medical symbol that's like a cross, like a longer, like Jesus cross mm-hmm. with like a snake. Yes, we have this eventually. So maybe that, and that's like medical? Uh, yeah, so no, this is, this is also a pharmacy. Like for us, uh, Red Cross is a hospital and Green Cross is a pharmacy. So when, where you, when you're in the street, you look around and see that, um, you know, they're usually lit. So the idea is that you can spot it you know, when you're driving a car and you have an emergency, you can, uh, you can see. But think about this. people with color blindness. That would not be helpful. Those two colors are opposite on the color wheel, or at least the green and the pharmacy in Italy was like opposite, like Christmas green. Um, Doc says he learned yesterday that American like this, A-OK, this would no, be terrible. No, no, it doesn't mean, don't do that. He says the no, hand sign I've never, I've never. In Greece. <sighs> Well, it might be really niche if I, I've never seen it. Uh, and I've lived in Greece for 27 years. So it, it's probably very niche if it exists. I don't know. Uh, it could be a specific part of Greece that I'm not but it, sure. But it's the way, but you have, you can't just take a brand um, and think that it's going to be the same in another culture. You have to actually understand the culture before you put a brand in, no matter what that culture, however niche it is, right? Right. You can't That's- completely x out the culture right right it has to be attached to something that's but that's it's just the, part right but there's a lot that exists of a brand before it goes out into the world i believe so i believe and this actually again it allows us control of of some sorts like it allows us to make stuff and break stuff and make poor decisions and bad decisions and keep making it better yeah. And more clear, right? I wrote combining them in a new way to convey, you said to convey a specific result, but I also thought about com- conveying a specific communication. So it's even just like with, and you said this, UX mm-hmm. uh, user experience people are doing it. Now we know what a button is, or we know where normally we look in the upper left-hand corner it, in a website for their logo, and that takes mm-hmm. us back to the homepage. These are, again, universally agreed upon, but it doesn't mean that if you put your logo in the right hand or in the middle that you are anti-whatever. It just means that you are a... Um, a disruptor. It's just you're right. disrupting. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It just means that you're trying to disrupt the way people are reading. Right. Things. You like, mutate, basically. Yeah, right? yeah. You inherit, you mutate, you, you vary, and, and you compete. And that's... that's what was that's the, the one thing. right before you said, I vary? Yes, like... Uh, variation, like oh, when, var- oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, I have. Do you say this in American? Okay. Very. Okay. Or very. in the South, okay. we say very. Uh, Variety sounds so much better. 
I don't know. I'm gonna, perhaps I love it's, it. it's, it's my poor English. And no, it's your varied. Britishness. Oh, it maybe. could be. No, no, no. It's very. No, no, no. It's very in, in British English as, as well. It's just not my, my uh, Well, anyway, language, I just so. didn't know if I was hearing it wrong. I oh, hear a lot of things cool. wrong. Like some girl last week said she had had an auto body experience. And I was like, what? But she said out of body. Anyway, Southern Draws, Anna says, yes. So Paul says they aren't universal. They are conventions. Yes, that's it. Because, but what you're saying, Demi, is that there are some things that would be universal. Well, or well, uni no? universal, universal, universality is is something um, uh, contentious. Uh, I wouldn't claim it, but I think they're they're not entirely conventions either. So there are, there are certain things, there are certain things that I, I've seen in my experience and, and now that I'm, I'm reading about this, there are certain symbols that are hard-coded to our genes. Like when you see a bee or a wasp and mm. you associate black and yellow with danger and, you know, many mammals do this. And we have, we have a fear of snakes and the idea that, you know, when, uh, when we were... Um, you know, our ancestors uh, were were living uh, in 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 the savanna. The the three most common dangers were uh, snakes, big cats, uh, and uh, vultures and other birds of prey. So basically, we we have made the super monster, which is the dragon that has elements of all these things, like it's a flying lizardy. Oh, mammal yeah. thing so there are certain of these things that are actually hard-coded in our genes like if if you show a cat a cuc have you seen cats and cucumbers and the way they jump like they like cucumbers? Just, yes like if you throw a cucumber oh, oh a yeah cat, yeah i saw a video of one of that yeah like you just put a cucumber behind a cat and they just like flee, yeah freak out, because right? because this is for for them for the uh rudimentary like um short short time scan this is a snake and they're mm. afraid of it so there are certain things like they might be not universal but they're not conventional either hmm. so, so yeah dave said a smile is hmm. somewhat universal Yes, somewhat. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but I, 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 I expect that, you know, there are certain, uh, perhaps some, uh, because it's a mammal thing, but mm. perhaps we meet aliens tomorrow and, you know, they don't have it. Or, you know, squid people uh, crawl out of the, of the ocean or something. Like you know what? Have, yeah. No, 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 that's the thing. Like, we don't know. Like, it's a mammal thing. We know many mammals smile. So there was, I watched this, documentary the other day i'm really trying to watch some things that i wouldn't normally watch and it was called mm, i can't remember exactly my that my the octopus my teacher or my octopus my teacher anyway it was fascinating y'all should watch it it's i think on netflix or prime so, only so for example birds cannot smile because they have beaks right so right. any any intelligence or any communication that happens with birds and you know ravens are quite smart uh, oh, yeah. and they understand things like that's the thing they understand things that that's what you need to have in order to have this so you know universal no conventional neither 
Yeah, Andre, I thought about you with this documentary. It was, I, th- I think it was um, it's somewhere in South Africa, and he goes, and nobody thought that a um, octopus actually really had, would connect with like a human or have feelings. Mm-hmm. And the octopus was timid at first, but then like it hugged the man and not like trying to kill it. It was a tiny little octopus. I mean, not itty bitty tiny, but like it, 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 for a year, the man had a relationship, but it taught him a lot of things, but they, he like touched and they embraced in a weird way. And it was just because he was present. Anyway, it was really, it was really neat, but it was again, it wasn't what science, no textbooks had said that. And the one thing that he saw in the very beginning that connected him to want to learn more about this octopus was this octopus turned itself inside out and had all these shells and he did it as a protection method. Mm. Um, and, and he didn't ever know. And he went to all these books, kind of like you're doing with these math things. Like you're going way back and you went through all this stuff that this man has, maybe you haven't read it all, but all these things that he didn't write a book and nobody, he wasn't, um, maybe well received, but it's the same sort of thing that I love that you're doing this. You're pushing to try and get us to not just accept, but actually push forward because at some point there wasn't an atom. And at some point there, we didn't know it was sugar. We just said, right. this is sweet. sweet. This is yeah. sweet. Right. Yeah. That's my point. Like I, I think there's the, we can, it, it might take hundreds of years between, you know, learning about it. it's going to, to feel very icky and it's going to be like alchemy was the same when mm. you know chemistry started by alchemy and it was pretty much you know just guessing and trying and trying again and trying again it's very inconsistent and unclear and there were lots of biases in there but if my main point is like if we try to visualize it from a different standpoint it won't hamper our creativity this is this is what I'm uh, like. We started becoming more and more um, e- experimental or progressive or creative with our architecture when we started learning about materials. Like we we can do more stuff now. That's that's my main thing. Like knowing more about this won't take the magic from it. It will add new. Uh, well, it also maybe gives the validity or it helps us prove to clients that this is something that it makes our job easier, especially when we're, um, and branding isn't just making a logo. It's everything. It has to do with the type of green we use or the, you know, who, what we're putting with the green. I love the idea about the Christmas card, right? So you have a Christmas card. Can you make a dinosaur and a Christmas card together? your teacher said, you'll figure it out, right? So there had to be some, but instead, wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of things that we could teach and we would know that if we use a hat, right, a, Chris, a Santa hat, then that would uh, be. But before our culture understands a red hat with a white rim and a white ball, uh, ball is for Santa. But I'd say 200 years ago, they would not think that that yeah, was there Christmas. Were, there were 2,000 Christmases before you know, that happened like 1,900 Christmases be- before we could, you know, know the, the Santa mascot, basically. Right. Okay. 
Well, Demi, thank you. I want to make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you, which they can do. I don't know if I'm saying your website right, so can you just say it for me? Okay, so it's www.symbolonbranding.co.uk. And Symbolon Branding is my handle on Instagram and Facebook. And I would like for, I'm, I'm, as I was building this deck, I was working more and more and it, it looks like I have lots to say that uh, I just couldn't include for time purposes. So um, there's a new le a newsletter capture in the bottom of my website. Whoever wants to learn more about this, I'm, I'm going to be making uh, more stuff about, about this idea and expanding it in, in a much more concise way. I'm just trying to be mindful of your time. How can um, we help you, Demi? Oh my, uh, I have no idea, but just, just give the the idea some thought. Just just keep it in mind. Just make sure that you know uh, when when we're doing stuff, we're more deliberate. That's that's mm. that's the only thing uh, I need right now. And perhaps you know if if I have more to if I have more to share, I will I will definitely share and just pop by again. I think it was great, Demi. I think I hope you feel encouraged. I don't think um, I think it's just. A new way to look at it and it's an important way for us to think about how it will make um, again we're still experimenting we're testing things will always change as time goes on and as cultures change but there may be some things that we can always pull from because again just like the bee and the mammals so maybe there's some connections we need to do with with um, biology oh, yeah. right for sure for sure anyway I thought it was great I hope you feel I awesome had a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's really nice. It's really nice. Always it, nice talking to you. Yeah. Well, and lots of people are here, and they were interested. So I think you uh, did a great, a great job. So I hope you guys will just encourage Demi. I thought it was really fascinating, and I'm really glad you um, stepped up. And you, uh, even though you were scared, you did it. So, yay! So just so you guys know, it, I ha we had a hurricane last week, so we missed Craig. Next week is going to be just me. It's a rapid recharge. And then the week after, we will have Craig. And then I have one more rapid recharge. I was going to do a series, but now I'll just mash it into Craig will be my sandwich inside my two pieces of bread. Mm, maybe that didn't sound good either. Anyway, we'll see you in – I'm going to um, stop the recording. We'll see you in a week. Hit like and – Subscribe if you if you like this. <laughs>